to the next installment of the yummy coco show this is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches music interviews and games i'm your host yummy coco aka colette prosper i am a comedy writer and filmmaker on this show we talk about everything uh so the emmy nominations have come in hbo got 140 Emmy noms it's massive so many shows nominated if you like this show Please give it five stars on Apple, write a review. It's how you can help people to find the show. Coming up later, I'm chatting with journalist and postpartum doula Corinne Seinler Cirilli. But right now, let's kick off the show with a surprise guest. And this is an exclusive. Yummy Coco exclusive. Prepare, prepare yourselves because it's connected to the Maury Povich show, which is ending September 2022. And this person went viral recently for a very explosive clip uh, during an Are You the Father segment. It's Marco. Hey, Marco. What's going on? Yeah, yes, Marco. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Marco, this is a this is incredible. You are a viral sensation. Thank you yeah, so much for being yeah. here. Yeah, quite um, viral sensation. Yeah, that's yes. Me. Um, and I know you through my friend Christina Christina Igarvides. I know you through her, but we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to yeah. how you two yeah. know each other. Yeah. But you yeah, know, I, I want to talk to you. I don't know her quite you, that well, but um, uh-huh. I do know I do know of her. Yeah. But, you know, she gave me your contact information, so she knows you. Yeah, uh, we knew each other just a bit, I'll say. Not, not, there, not very close. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, but we do know each other. Yeah. Okay, so you do know each other. And, you know, I, I, what's interesting about you, so, so there were... There were like three reasons why your clip went viral. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the things is that your accent, because you have a really interesting way of talking, you know, your accent has been pre- compared to Tom Hanks in the new Elvis movie because it, it sounds like it's from like a completely different world. And, you know, I, I, I don't mean to other you, but, you know, where, where are you from exactly it's it's quite all right yeah i, I get it a lot yeah yeah it, uh-huh. it, it's quite simple uh yummy cocoa uh, yeah. i'm from australia first nice. of all first of all by by way of portugal yeah oh yeah. Uh, by by way of uh, by way of london yeah a british yeah. yeah and by way of uh, finally uh, arkansas yeah. And Arkansas, t- wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It is like that Colonel, whatever his name was, character that Tom Hanks played, where like uh, the Colonel, whatever, was like from I don't know Kentucky, but then like from uh, the Holland, but then couldn't leave the country. Uh, yeah. So it sounds yeah. very similar. Yeah, fine. That is a compliment. And uh, 
in 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 this just it's just who I am. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah. can't change it. I can't change it for nothing. Yes, yes. yes. And, it, and just to clarify, uh, uh, Christina and I are more of acquaintances. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, more than any anything else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that's not what she told me, but I, I, I hear you. Well, she's lying. Um, Wow. Okay, because yeah, this is yeah. where this is where we're getting to it. Um, we're getting into the meat of the story because she was also in that viral clip because um, basically her baby test result um, was revealed on the show, and you know the baby test result went viral. You know when it hit social media because like number one, your accent, which you know we've established, it's like yeah, Tom Hanks in yeah. the Elvis movie. Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty great. Number two, you cried profusely uh, when it was announced you are the father, and then you yeah. were just screaming, crying. Yeah. And then number yeah. three, when you were screaming, crying profusely, as I as I just mentioned, you said that babies can't be made without eye contact, which was like that. Everyone was just like just so confused. Like I've seen it on Twitter, I've seen it on Instagram. Um, it's been memed uh, like a billion times over, um, which, you know, I, when I, when people hear this, you know, they, they've assumed that it's because it's a, it's a doggy style baby. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't quite understand the confusion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, because it, it's, it's pretty well known in Australia <laughs> that you can't have a baby without making eye contact. I mean, they teach you in all the schools. So and, it has to be like missionary where you're just intensely yes. looking into eye each contact. other's eyes. Yeah, and that's, yes. how, that's how the sperm knows it's okay yes. to, to go in for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I wasn't taught that and I... Well, that's unfortunate. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it is unfortunate. I mean, as a, for me, as a reverse cowgirl baby, yeah. um, you know, I, I was just really, I was confused because, you know, these things can happen. And, right. you know, I, I'm, I'm also curious if, if you're ever going to let your, your baby know when they're old enough that they are, in fact, a doggy style baby. Well, you know, it, not seeing much doggy style, it, but more of a miracle baby. Yeah, yeah. A miracle because that never happens. Because it never happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the history of all time, it's it never happened, and it, wow, and it, it never will. So yeah. it, that baby it, will be a miracle baby. Yeah. Wow. Um. So that's not what Christina told me. Um. But I'm. I'm. I hear you again. All I right. hear you. Uh. Well, so, that's a lie. It's so so. She's a liar. You're you're yeah. you're saying. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Is yes, that, that it has come to this. Uh, but you know, and like like you all say here, it is what it is. It is yeah. what it is. So, are you going to be there for Christina's baby? Because um, you know, she. It's not like she made eye contact with someone else. And, and wait, we baby, don't really. Like, we don't really know that. It's wow. For a fact, if, wow. if someone else was in the room uh, when I wasn't looking. That made, uh, that made quote made unquote, eye contact, contact with her. 
Uh-huh. With her, exactly. Wow, because uh, that's how yeah. babies are made, according to Australian uh, sex education. Yep, in, in Portuguese wow. and in English. Wow. Okay. In Arkansas. Yeah, and in Arkansas, nice. I, yeah. I believe it. I believe it with Arkansas because... Um, I mean, they're just uh, the things that they think, the things that they believe. Yeah, but you know what? If Marco's going to do what Marco's going to do. Yeah, or yeah. whatever has to be done. And I will be I there. think that's what she said to Christina. Yeah, it, it, that's, that's what's going to happen. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't have a job or a, a, an apartment. Uh-huh. Um, but I am willing to give um, some uh, Twizzlers that I have here to the baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because um, she's really into Twizzlers. I know that, like, she's so anti-Red Vines. So for yeah. someone who doesn't yeah. know her, you you know, you know, her licorice yeah, preference. Yeah, yeah, it was more of a coincidence. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. You know, so it's just like universally coins. known. It's universally yeah. known that um, twiz- Twizzlers are. are yeah, just like the baby fact. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is not a fact, but uh, then again, agree to you know, disagree. Is, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We'll agree to disagree. Um, so can I ask you? So, you know, once Christina has this um, child, this, uh, you know, doggy style baby. Yeah. Miracle baby. Miracle baby. Yeah. Kids are a miracle. Um, especially this one. Especially this one, because that you know, according to you, that never happens. Yeah. Can I ask you some parenting questions? Yeah, yeah. You can ask Marco anything you like. Yeah. So, uh, Marco, how long should you let your newborn cry at night before picking them up? Less than one minute, five to ten minutes. 10 to 15 minutes yeah, or until they stop? I'd say yeah, until they at least turn one year old. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So do, yeah, they sounds just crying right. for a year. Yeah. I, yeah, give or take. Is, that is sounds that, about right. Is that yeah. Aust- from Australian education or is that British? Yeah, I believe that's here. Arkansas. Arkansas. was raised. Whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. from personal experience. And my mm-hmm. mother used to let me cry until... Yeah, I was about maybe two and a half. So one year old wow. is on the more lenient side of things. So uh, yeah, yeah, that must it, have been really painful, hard. Marco. Well, you know, I don't really remember that time. So uh, I just go off what my mother told me, and uh, and I came out just fine. <laughs> what did she say about you crying profusely when it was revealed that you were the father? Yeah. We are not really on speaking terms today. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So uh, she has no idea how viral Marco has gotten. And uh-huh. uh, and that's just something I'm going to have to live with. Yeah. 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 Wow. I'm so sorry. It's quite um, all right. It's quite all right. Who needs mothers yeah. anyway? You know um, what I mean. A lot, lots of people. Um, yeah, let's get many. to the next question. Okay. Let's get to the next question. How many times a day does the average newborn need to feed? Three times a day? Every four hours? Eight to 15 times? Or on the hour, every hour? 
Yeah, I'd say about I mean, once I, daily. I know you were crying for two yeah. years. Yeah, I'd say about once daily, isn't it? Once daily. Yeah. Um, so it's, you so don't want to overfeed it. You don't want to overfeed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody likes, likes a, a fat, fat baby. Oh, wow, Jinx. Wow, Jinx. 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 I know. Jinx. That really happened. Fatty. It just yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, I've there's been a in uh in a surge in in like fat baby camps, yeah. um recently, yeah. like trying to work them out and make them, make them uh, lose that baby. Yummy yeah, Coco, I have a question yes. for you. Yes, yes. Are you single? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not. Would you like to be? Would I? Would I like to be single? No, no, I don't. All um, right, I, ne- I really appreciate the question. All right, next um, question. Yes. Um, well, a- again, just so that you know, because you are going to be a father, it's eight to 15 times. The average newborn feeds between eight to 15 times a day, every two to three hours. Okay. That sounds um, like quite a lot of times. So if you can, if you can help Christina in this time of need, that would really help her a lot. Oh yeah. Um, I'll, I'll definitely be there for one. For one, one time. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. So you'll, you'll yeah. just say, and one time, like, in the years that the baby is alive Yummy or Coco, one time I, a day. I'm uh-huh. got a question for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, Marco. I'm so I'm, I so appreciate your candidness. Are you married? I am married. Do you wish not to be? I, I'm. I'm really happy. Um, I, I'm, too en- bad. I'm enjoying. There's yes, too bad. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I would. I would celebrate a doggy style baby. I. Um. I. I wouldn't deny. Deny my doggy style baby. Yeah. There's no. Uh, the thing is, Yummy Coco. There's no denying this happening mm-hmm. here. Yeah. It's just science. Nice. Okay. It's just science. Yeah. It's just science. Okay, so which one of these should you use to clean your baby's umbilical cord? Marco, is and it next question, alcohol? Uh, next question, please. Why? Uh, would, would you have you know, against umbilical uh, cords? Yummy cocoa. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I just ate a chicken dinner. And uh, oh. this question is quite making me ill. Wow. Okay. To, uh, I'd like to skip if you don't mind, Yummy Coco. And okay, then... I just want to. Okay, I just want to add. You know, because um, you know, I'm also helping out Christina because um, she really wants to make sure that that you understand certain things. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I just want to yeah. add that, like, um, the newborn's umbilical cord when it falls off, it usually in in like five to fifteen days. It's a good idea to clean it regularly with a little water and some some mild soap. That's all. Because yeah, I've, I've heard your uh, about you know, your soap, um, issues. And, yeah. um, yeah. I just have one question for you, Yummy Coco. Okay. Do you enjoy chicken? I love chicken. Would you like to enjoy it with Marco one day? Um, maybe at the baby baptism party oh, yeah. or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 maybe afterwards. Or, yeah, yeah, or during feeding time, that one yeah. time that you're yeah. there to feed the baby. Yeah, there's, totally. there's, there's a great chicken place down the road. I think uh-huh. you'd really like it. 
I think you'd really like a yummy cocoa. Down the road. Yeah, yeah, it's but just I, right I heard down you the road. Like miles and miles away, but sure yeah, it's down the road. Uh, okay. Yeah, I I share a flat with my mate. Okay. I share a, a spare room, and mm. uh, I I think you'd quite like it. The spare room. Yeah, I, I I'd love to show it to you one time after some oh. some chicken. Yeah, I heard it was like in a basement, like in that that movie, The Black Phone. With Ethan Hawke, where it's oh, like, it's quite nothing like that. It's kind of Coco. like a dungeon. Oh no, no, it's okay. it's more of a uh, little slice of Melbourne, right oh. here, right here in a basement. Yeah. Okay. Wow, it's. I mean, I didn't know uh, Melbourne was like dark and dank and um, had had locked doors and chains, but um, wow. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I need. There's even sharks uh-huh. on the walls. I think you'd enjoy that. Sharks. It really, yeah, it really gives it a vibe, you know, like great whites. Wow, wow. It really gives it a, a nice vibe. You know, I, I like to really uh, steer at them before I go out for a majestic surf. Yeah. I like to clear my mind because, you know, Marco's always got a lot on his mind, especially now with my new found Famous city, yes. Famicity, famicity. Your your yep. celebrityness. Yep. Yes, I I like that new word. Is that from yep. Arkansas? Or do it, they, do they say a, that though? It's a Marco trademarked word. So oh. it, yeah, yeah, I got a trademark. So I, okay, you may never hear it again. Uh huh. Well, yeah, because I don't know if then it becomes like an NFT and then it's a, it's a whole thing. So I, yeah, I, yeah, it's thank a whole you thing. for sharing again. Yeah. Yummy cocoa exclusive. I yeah. we got yeah, we no got problem. a word that no you will never hear in the English language ever yeah. again. Like it's quite spectacular. Ain't it? Yeah, get into it, everyone. Oh my god, it is That's spectacular. Like shocking, you know, shocking. Like the shocks in your walls. Yummy cocoa. I just get one question for you. Yes, and then I have a last question before I let you go. All right. Yes. Hey, do you enjoy long walks on a beach? Love it. Amazing. Uh, yes. I think you would With enjoy chicken, it. as I eat chicken. And Marco. Oh. Right so by his side. Yeah. Wow. Are you trying yeah. to, to make some more Miracle Babies? Yummy Coke. Oh, I think it's a little forward of you, don't you think? Oh, okay. Well, I am a married woman, so. Well, maybe not for long. Wow. Okay. Um, which brings me to my last question. Marco, yeah. Yeah. what should you always bring your partner, a.k.a. Christina? Yeah. Because that's not me. Christina right, Garavides. Yeah. Writer, comedian, uh, just, uh, you know, overall amazing person that yeah. you know yeah in the biblical sense anyway um what should you bring your partner when they breastfeed you know what, a glass you know, of water of, here are yeah. your options i'm sorry yeah um glass of water a magazine her favorite beer mm-hmm. or her phone or tablet you know what I think Marco will do when this situation arises is mm-hmm. 
I will that step. Meaning that when the baby comes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I will step out of my front door and okay. I will look up at the sun. And I will say a little meditation, all right, to, okay. the, to the great white sharks of Australia. Uh-huh. And I will look at a tree. And then I will just lean over ever so gently to the grass in front of me. And I will grab a patch of blessed grass that I just blessed. A, a patch, a patch a pitch, of grass. A pitch. Okay. A pitch There's that of... Tom Hanks uh, accent coming in from Elvis movie. Okay, a, a patch of grass. Got it. Yes. You know, with the dirt hanging out still, dirt, the roots. Dirt. Yes, yes. And the wow. dirt just kind of uh -huh. dangling ever so gently in my palm. Yeah. And I will bring it over to Christina. Are you going to juggle? Are you going to juggle that um, mound of Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I'll, I will yeah. pass it from hand to hand, left to right, right to left, yeah. just to, uh -huh. you know, make sure. It is, give it a little squeeze. Yeah, give it a little squeeze. Okay. Make sure it's properly blessed. Nice. And, um, and I would just hand it to her right on her lap. Just boom. Just plop it right down. She's going right to love it. She's going to love it. While Christina is nursing your. The, your that baby. is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Just the amount of dirt on her. On yeah. Her I, nice. she, will, she will ask for more. And I will tell her that this is a one time only thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's part of, I guess, the feeding, that one-time only feeding. Yeah, um, once a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the correct yeah. the correct answer was a glass of water um, because, you know, women who are, or, you know, people with, with uh, babies, um, you know, th they breastfeed and, and they need lots of water. You know, it, it takes extra fluids to produce breast milk. Um, you know, a glass of milk or juice could do too. Um, yeah, but I, I don't see anything about amount of of dirt um, that you've you know juggled and and jiggled and whatever and and then tossed onto yeah. someone's lap is, is nothing an compares. Nothing compares. Wow. Okay. Amount of grass dirt. And is yeah. that from your your Portuguese um, upbringing, or is it, again good old Australia? Yeah, I think it's just a Marco thing. Okay. I think it's just a Marco thing. It's a Marco thing. Yeah. 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 That's also what you said to Christina um, the night that uh, your miracle baby was um, was made. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just a Marco thing. Yeah. Just we'll just leave it thing. at the end. Yeah. Okay. Well, Marco, this has been incredible. Uh, you're an icon. Um, you are a sensation currently. Yeah. 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 That's um, right. That's and, right. You know, God bless you. I, I hope that you read um, some books. Uh, on on making babies. Um, just, yeah, probably you know, not. Or check check out even on YouTube. I'm sure um, there's there's some some tutorials out there because um, this might not be the last. Yeah, yeah, and, but and yeah, also, we're, we're also it might that. not be the first time. I'm pretty sure it's the last and the first. I'll leave you and and I I thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, Miko, can I just keep, have one last Keep question. juggling those those mounds of, of dirt. Yeah. And giving it a little squeeze. Not, not enjoy, too hard. Do you enjoy dirt? 
Yamikoko? Uh, you know, there's some probiotics uh, yeah. in dirt, and so I, um, I, I can appreciate that yeah. about, about dirt. Yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to eat it, and I'm not trying to have it um, thrown into my, my lap. Yeah, well, you know, if you just send me your address, uh, oh. I might gift you a mound of dirt by surprise. Oh, um, okay. So we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. I'll, I'll definitely mention that to Christina. And, All right. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. And uh, this has been lovely. And, uh, and I can't wait for our day. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't consent to that. All right. Good day, everybody. Signing off. Here's Marco. Awesome. Let's get into my chat with journalist and postpartum doula, Corinne Steinler Cirilli. Hey. Hi. Welcome. We also might be cousins because my I have Cirilli cousins in Hoboken. Uh, oh. But, you know, I don't know if that's... Uh, I don't, we don't know. I think I, I think we talked you would about be, it. You would be cousins with my husband's yeah. cousins then. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm not sure, but, uh, but yeah, that, that is a possibility. I have not talked to my, my cousin Carmela about that and I have to, um, I have to, you know, investigate that. But anyway, Te- welcome. Text me the name. My father-in-law would definitely know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. Thank so, you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And so. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, what a postpartum doula is and about how to make a career pivot. But first, I want to ask you, if you had an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, It could be anything like sushi, scotch tape. Huh. I guess if I could have an unlimited supply of just really comfortable bras. Nice. That just work all day. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's what I would go for. I found this, oh, and then uh, it's funny because like with uh, bra shopping, like in, you know, post pandemic or, you know, whatever, mid pandemic world, um, I've been buying online. And so that's been sort of a journey. Um, I found this brand called Lively, and there's no underwire, which I prefer, um, and they, they do, like, a really good push-up, but I'm probably not wearing the right size, because they... That's, the, that's yeah. the same problem I have. I'm buying what looks like maybe it might fit, yeah. but without actually going, and after two kids, it's like... <laughs> yeah. You probably yeah, got to um, get fitted again. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know what my size is. I think someone told me that I was a D, but I'm I'm like, no, no way. Most I did learn that most uh, 
people are larger than they think they are. So I'm I'm probably buying a small. But yeah, that would be that would be the perfect thing to like just have an unlimited supply of magic bras that always fit. Yeah, magic bras. I like that. Um, or even just a yeah, just a bra that like will just adjust to you to you know as as we change in life and it just. You know, like magic secret, uh, the sisterhood of the magic pants, secret, yeah. you know, sisterhood of the magic bras. The pants, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, yeah. I want that. But it, I was thinking like for me, I've, I think I've said before, because I go to the supermarket every day, I'd like uh, eggs, but uh, I don't know, probably socks. I would oh. say I want an unlimited supply. I like um, Bombas socks. Uh, yeah, okay. me too. Yeah, those are good. Uh, but anyway, I want to play, uh, you know, speaking of supermarket, I just want to play like a quick game with you. Are you, okay. are you down? I'm down. Okay, so it's uh, the groceries you will buy will reveal what kind of mom you are. Oh, okay. Um, is so this, pick, this is a BuzzFeed game? It's a BuzzFeed game. So pick some, okay. some organic produce, avocados, tomatoes, grapes, or kale? Uh, grapes. Oh, nice. And then pick a grain, rice, Whole grain bread, quinoa, or oatmeal? Rice. Pick a protein, tofu, salmon, steak, or chicken? Ooh. And if I'm shopping for my family, it's going to have to be steak. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. It's like the one food everyone can agree on. Pick a breakfast item, cereal, yogurt, eggs, or cinnamon rolls. Wait, what was the first one? Cereal, yogurt, eggs, or cinnamon rolls. I guess cereal. Nice. Pick a beverage, wine, coffee, oat milk, juice. Well, I would have to get all of them, but I guess <laughs> if I could just pick one, it would probably be the oat milk. Yeah, okay, I picked that. Uh, pick a snack food, chips, cheese and crackers, dried mango, or granola bars. Again, all, uh, but dried mango, That's that goes fast around here. One. Pick a pasta, rigatoni, spaghetti, penne, fusilli. Oh, fusilli. Thousands of bags of fusilli. Those are fun bow ties. Um, pick a sauce. Soy sauce, pesto, guacamole, or tomato sauce? Guacamole. But I usually make it myself. Yeah, me too. Pick a pantry item. Beans, ramen, soup, or soda? Beans? Yeah, I picked that too. Pick a treat. Ice cream, cookies, donuts, cupcakes. Ice cream. 
It's a good one. Okay, you're a hippie mom. Oh, okay. Well, that's... You rarely follow <laughs> the rules of society. You have a mind of your own, and you have a free spirit. You encourage your kids to be liberal and expressive. I got PTA mom that I'm super involved in my kids' lives. And from school plays to homework to parent-teacher meetings, I never miss a beat. I, I do. I do a lot. And that's, that's part of our, our, our conversation. Shocking that the doula mom is yes. a happy mom. Who is would have thought? Who would have thought? So, Corinne, we're talking. I, I, we've known each other a long time in New York media. Um, true story. You worked, yeah, true story. You worked at um, New York Post, um, AK, or Page Six, rather, the gossip um, portion of Page Six. You worked there, then you went to Jossip, I think, right? Oh, well, I started at Jossip, actually. I was there for like nine months, and then uh-huh. I went to the Post. Yeah. Oh, okay. Page Six. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was thinking that like you worked at the New York Post, and then you then you went online after that. But, yeah, no, but was, I, was, I started online and went yeah. to print, which some people were like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, and then I went back into digital and launched a few different websites with different editors over the years, um, which was fun. But Yeah, including ExoJane um, mm-hmm. and, and many other uh, uh, outlets. So I want to talk to you about gossip because that's also now, um, which is funny because like we have um, right now like Dermois, uh, there's, uh, I don't know, Hollywood Life. There's so many sites now for gossip. Dermois is fun because it's, it's on Insta and then they're all really blind items. It's like anonymous. So oh, which I need was, to check it out. Yeah, which was basically um, something in page six, like the blind item. Um, and then you would have to guess like who this person was. It was always my dream to be caught like canoodling in a corner with uh, some celeb. It has not happened yet, but like, you know, you never know. But like, that was always like my dream to be in page six, but like, you know, I, I didn't make it in page that's six. That's so funny. But that's okay. It's most people's nightmare, but. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I want that so badly. Yeah. Um, okay. And so we're talking after the fall of Roe. We're talking on the day that um, UK PM uh, Boris Johnson has resigned um, after multiple scandals. Um, in the in the world of Roe v. Wade, Democrats in Congress are still negotiating their next move to protect abortion rights. People can argue that like they should have already been on that. Um, Britton Griner is still locked away in a, a Russian prison. The world is dumpster fire, but people are still having babies. And so how has your life changed in this, um, like how, how we're, I wanted to talk to you about like pivoting, but like with the pandemic, with what you do as a postpartum doula, if you can answer that. Um, also, how has it changed in the pandemic world? Because um, you, you'd have to make, be in close contact with new moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, the interesting thing is that, you know, I started, um, you know, my process of certifying mm-hmm. um, to become a postpartum doula in 2019 so in the spring summer of 2019 i had just begun um, doing my training course and part of that was working 
um, with clients and getting like a certain amount of hours in order to mm-hmm. certify. So when I when I started working, it was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, though <clears throat> into the fall and winter, I did have clients who were who were starting to get anxious about this virus and yeah. what was happening, and we I was kind of like because really stuff was shutting in. down. Yeah, like. Yeah, like the like China, you know, had shut down like all of Wuhan and there was there was definitely things like it was it was amp ramping up. Right. Um, you know, over the holidays and things like that. And I was working and I was you know, I was sort of picking up on this nervous energy amongst, you know, new moms. Um yeah. which you you can kind of understand that. Like later looking back it's like, Oh, they knew they knew they had the they had the spidey sense, you know, yeah, of, right. of a new mom that that this was not going to be nothing. Um, and so obviously, you know, when everything shut down, I did I did stop working. Um, I tried to do some support virtually, but I also had my two kids at home. Right. Um, I was home schooling my preschooler. And so. It was, it kind of all went on pause. Um, mm-hmm. But I did start going back in person um, in 2020 in the fall. And we had a, like a bunch of protocols. You know, I started only taking one client at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, we all tested, we all wore masks, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I sort of created these little bubbles of clients where I would only work with them um, and then move on to the next. Uh, family so it was kind of intense at first and then you just it just kind of became the new normal to be honest how long would you work with a family so I it depends on the family um, sometimes I work with uh, new parents for like uh, one to three weeks usually mm-hmm. at least two weeks yeah. um, oftentimes I'll be with them for up to eight weeks oh wow yeah so you're coming in at like nine in the morning and staying until five or what, what is the hours like usually? Yeah, no, um, I usually, a daytime shift that I'll do is usually three or four hours. That mm-hmm. seems to be like a good amount of time to be in someone's home and space during the day. Um, mm-hmm. that way we also really get focused on like what we're doing and mm-hmm. why I'm here and how I can really like serve a purpose I found that like over five or six hours it just gets a little like we're trying to do too much or yeah it's like just too much baby holding or um so so it's a lot of like supporting um the birthing person the mother mm-hmm. around making sure she's like eating and resting there's a lot of help with breastfeeding if that's happening or chest feeding um you know, I bottle feed a lot of babies too. Yeah. Um, and it's just really helping, you know, hold that space for, you know, big feelings and new mom navigating stuff. Um, and then overnights, which often um, my clients want, and I do a lot of overnights, mm-hmm. are usually um, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Wow. And so <laughs> you're, you're tending to the baby while they sleep. Pretty much, yeah. It's um, it's yeah, it's helping get the baby settled down. Um, a lot of times, it's helping with that last feed and just you know, a lot of times, like I don't know if you remember this, but I yeah. really clearly remember, especially in those first six weeks, like 
there's like no day and night. You're just sort of on this loop. Right. Um, it's yes. just like this 24 hour, like bits of eating and sleeping in between yeah. caring for the baby. So I feel like a big part of what I do is like show up and I'm like, it is nighttime now. Like, <laughs> We're going to relax. We're going to turn the lights down. Like, Yeah, you're, you're down. like a literal body clock. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, telling them what time it is. Yeah. And so I help with that, like, last feeding, swaddling the baby, getting the baby down. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that can sometimes get parents, like, an extra hour of, of sleep. Wow. Really. Because getting the baby down at night is, like, a whole big thing. Right. Um, so, you know, I do that and then I'll either feed the baby so they can sleep through or I'll bring the baby um, for for nursing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is amazing. So there's a difference. There's the, uh, there's the doula that is with the uh, birthing person um, during the birthing process. And then there is the postpartum doula that is helping the parent. Uh, when the baby is here. So I had I had a doula help me through birth and breastfeeding. Um, she was amazing in Connecticut where uh, my husband was going to school and, and I, I had uh, I had our son. And without her, like she she because they're they're basically like your advocate and I, I had a home mm-hmm. birth but like no one um, my midwifery they were shocked that I went so fast um because I think like the day before I had like um mucus plug stuff and they were like oh that's normal I I just thought it was like really crazy looking and then we go to the market and then I feel like just this and I tell people it's like it's like a really intense gas pain it's like it's like you don't want Putin to get control of this kind of like gas because it could just like <laughs> just the world destruction it's nuclear yeah. yeah it's horrible and so then I had that and again like I, I remember calling my mom she's like oh this is what happens and I'm like why didn't you tell me like I you know no one tells you no one tells you what birth is like Uh, Anyway, so I I had this doula and she was really super helpful because she was really the one that like she came. She was the first to arrive. uh, And then she actually was the one telling them the midwifery that like, no, this woman is having the baby in like 10 minutes. Get over here because they were kind of like, oh, well, you know, we usually come like when the baby whatever. So like um, (laughs) she was the one that was like, no, get get your ass over here. So like. so and I and and she was so helpful um, in the days afterwards to see that like um, that I, I, you know the baby was latching and 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 everything was um, was working out. So, but what you do as a postpartum doula is you come in after the fact. So you're hired basically when they're pregnant. I I do like prefer to you know meet clients. In, when they're pregnant um, uh-huh. and and plan ahead to work with them. I do sometimes have people that call me after the baby's born and mm-hmm. um, they need help. And if I'm available, I can try to take them. 
I'm not always available, but yeah, um, I try to help people then too. But yeah, I think, I think so. You know, birth doulas are amazing. I had a birth doula um, who was with me for both of my kids and um, both of my births. And yeah, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just taking a sip of water. Yeah. And um and very similar situation like I at NYU they were like you're only three centimeters like they wanted to send me home and I would have been having the baby in the car if she right. hadn't been there being like you need to let this this lady in into the hospital now, um, yeah. so and and they and she very much inspired me to like pursue this passion of of helping people postpartum, um, mm-hmm. but yeah I think it's becoming more common now to know about like the postpartum period, whereas like seven years ago when my first child was born, like it wasn't, there wasn't very much conversation happening about life with a baby. Yeah. And your body after a baby. And no one talks about it. And like partners were really like lost and confused and like people wanted to help, but they like didn't know how. And so I don't know, my own personal experience was like, this shouldn't have to be so, like, scary and lonely and strange and weird and isolating. Like, this could be different. And so, um, yeah, I I got really focused on the postpartum period. And and it also, this, it is my passion. Mm -hmm. I love birth doulas, but I I feel like I, I have more of a draw to, like, the postpartum period. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like there's a lot of attention still on birth, um, mm-hmm. which is great. And there needs to be and there needs to be even more. But I don't feel like there's quite that level yet on the on the postpartum period. So I'm trying to kind of like be in that space and draw attention in that space and start conversations right. in that space. Yeah, because it really is. That's when the hard part begins is like when the baby comes and no one else says that too because pregnancy is is very fraught and you're it's it's not it's not it's a wonderful experience but it's it's very nerve-wracking you want to make sure you're doing everything right and that the baby's okay yeah. uh, and and then finally the baby's here and then it's like oh shit what do i do uh, especially if you're a first-time uh, parent, it's just like, what what are you gonna do? Uh, so so it is great that that that's available to people. Um, unfortunately, it's it's something you have to pay for, so yeah. it's, it can be really expensive. Yeah, I mean, I do. There are a lot of conversations happening about you know, getting like insurance coverage or Medicaid coverage or some sort of, you know, benefits um, to help pay mm-hmm. for postpartum doula services. I mean, I um, have I have conflicted feelings about it because at some one point they wanted to make sure that people had to be like state certified and then that sort of eliminates like a whole swath of yeah you know doulas and postpartum doulas that are serving you know already underserved and under-resourced communities mm-hmm. um so I don't know I think you know I I think I try to um be be part of you know communities and organizations and help support both like financially and with sort of any other like ways that I can be helpful through advocacy like getting more resources to people um I do I do wish that we all had 
yeah. all kinds of health care that we didn't have to pay for. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, there's so many things that we have to go out of pocket for, uh, not only just um, just uh, postpartum doula care, but it's the idea of community because uh, and I, I, yeah. I'm curious about about um, what postpartum life has been like for for women in the pandemic time because like i i got into uh breastfeeding groups really quickly after after having um my son and then when we moved back to brooklyn i got into different groups and i would go to different sing-alongs and just take just go anywhere and i would meet moms that way so i'm curious what it's like now i think i've seen there are like outdoor sing-alongs yeah. Uh, that, but that's in the su- in the summer and the spring. Yeah. I wonder what that's like in New York. Um, even just sitting in a room with other women nursing, it 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 um, that's something that it, it just it normalizes nursing. And then you see other people, even bottle feeding. You you you, you just see how other moms do it, and you talk about it. This community. Because it is so isolating, it's so lonely, and just to um, have a chat with another person who's going through ex- similar experience, what what is that? How has that been? Like you're in the trenches, yeah. so like what what's yeah. that like for for moms now? On one hand, you know, the um, the idea like that I try to promote to new moms always is like you should rest. You know, yeah. you need to be like home resting your body you might not get a lot of sleep i think sleep is like a big like ambitious goal but like rest is very achievable and if you can like not do much except for like rest and feed your baby um for a few weeks you know Mm -hmm. four i try to push for four weeks sometimes i can get my clients to rest for like two and a half um like it's really hard for New York women to like sit home and rest, I I will say. So the pandemic on one hand has sort of normalized like being in your house and not doing much. Um, So if you have to do that after you have a baby, like maybe you're a little more um, like muscle trained in it and it's less like shocking to the system. And so that's like one I think benefit Mm -hmm. um but yes on the other hand there is you know fewer um chances to really connect as a community and to normalize like you said what what you're going through postpartum which is you know you're like living on a different planet from everybody else like you're not sleeping you're half your brain is blacked out like you're completely focused on your newborn like your body your organs are like floating in space inside your body like (laughs) you're like there's all kinds of things going on that like aren't going on for any other types of humans except for people who've literally just had a baby around the same time you did so like being in spaces with people who are also like sleep deprived and anxious and not physically their their selves um can just be comforting because it's like okay we're all in this right now and I think that is you know, something that I think online groups have tried to to do and bring. I don't know if they're always super successful, but yeah. um, I do try to encourage 
um, my clients to to find some kind of space if, if they can and if it's safe and if they're comfortable. Um, and I think I try to provide that when I'm there too. Like, this is normal. This is okay. Yeah, because you're 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 the mom. You've uh, you've done it. You've uh, you know what a lot of the uh, sort of red flags are, and and you can you can help advise them. Um, so there have been some. Um, I don't know what you're watching on TV, um, but like in recent in like the recent like couple months, there have been um, movies. Well, in the uh, last year, because like The Lost Daughter came out last year and uh, had oh, some Oscar good. buzz. Yeah, Lost Daughter. And then another movie that I found that was similar is Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, where both of them touched on how not all mothers find the experience of motherhood joyous and they're very honest about it. And it's true. It's, it's, uh, you know, I wonder, you know, I, I, you know, my mom is no longer living, but like, you know, I, I won my, I think my mom found motherhood joyful. Um, well, so she had five kids and for me, I was, um, the last, the last child, she was in her forties and my dad said, Oh, well, she just didn't want to go back to work. That's why she had a, another baby. Um, so I guess my mom saw having babies as like, like, oh, it's another job. It's like you're taking on a project. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so um, so I thought that that was that was that was sort of interesting uh, representation of motherhood recently that I saw. Um, another is that there's a French show called Standing Up or Droll, Droll in uh, on Netflix. And there's a comedian who's on the rise. Uh, she has a child already, but she decides not to have her second child. And then there's a sweet moment between her and her partner um, after she takes an abortion pill. And so we, we're talking a lot about abortion pills, too, recently because of Roe v. Wade and how you can get it in the mail. Um, so, you know, I'm curious if there's anything that you're watching right now. It, does whatever you're watching, does it have to do with motherhood? Like what? What are you into right now? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I haven't like I I haven't been watching a ton the past like few months. Mm -hmm. um, I've just been like falling asleep at nine thirty like every night, which has just been like great. Yeah, but that's awesome. I've just been like exhausted. Um, but I did I a, a motherhood series that I absolutely adored and I think it's back for one final season is Better Things yeah. on FX um, with um, Pamela Adlon, I think. Yeah, she's great. Comedian. Yeah, so I really love, I really love that series. Um, I, I watched um, Pachinko, yeah. which was beautiful. Right. Um, and also about a little bit about you know, motherhood and like the difficulty around decisions of parenting and family and, um, resources and, a and duty. And a, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, and I'm trying to think about what else I've been watching. I feel like I just finished. Oh, physical. I'm obsessed wow. with physical with yes. Roseburn. I love that me series. Too. So that's what I've been watching. If I, if I have enough like steam in me, I, I watched that it's one. It's like fight club for moms. <laughs> She's so yeah. self-hating and yeah, the, just her, her internal process 
is it's just really incredible it's it's unlike anything i've i've seen in a long time yeah the internal monologue around like the patriarchal like i you can just you almost can really get into that mindset of how oppressed and like stymied she feels by like the few choices that she really has in her life and how it's sort of affecting all of these other things um so yeah, those those are a few that I've been that I feel have been like really juicy and 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 hard to put down. Yeah, those are those are super juicy. Um, like physical, you have uh, yeah because she comes from a sort of like very um, like upper crust uh, conservative background, but then she marries this uh, liberal um, politically minded. Uh, Berkeley jackass. professor yeah, yeah. Berkeley <laughs> professor um, but total asshole and then she but they and in each um, she she was never really allowed to be herself yeah. and she found she found um, solace I guess in, in, in aerobics and she found it because like she her outlet was uh, she's uh, she had an eating disorder. And that was that was really like her personal, like secret outlet. Um, but then she found uh, aerobics to be something where she could be more out outwardly yeah. um, expressive. So and channel some of that, yeah. you know, internal like she just has a lot of um, like drive and ambition but no place for it to go you can kind of see that it's like eating her away to sort of be this like mom that just like takes her kid to daycare and then like goes to her ballet class and then like shops for the groceries like you can tell that it's like torch it's like very torturing for her yeah um but it you it was a time not that long ago you know was like the 80s 70s 80s where you know there weren't a lot of options for women to have something else besides that and so i don't know if this like touches on something that you kind of mentioned earlier but mm-hmm. um you know, we all have, we all feel really differently about motherhood it's not yeah. like it's not like a check the box like good bad <laughs> there's like a lot of ambivalence there's a lot of mixed feelings there's a lot that women in particular give up when children come into the picture because there isn't a lot of community or resources or societal structures around supporting children. Right. And so who's going to do the work, you know? And and yes, it's that's an upper crust communities and it's in it's in very apparent and very under resourced communities that we just don't have enough for for children, um, and so that affects women have to take it on, you know. And so you you see that you see that in her, and I think it's an interesting way of like portraying um, the the struggles that we all I think go through. Yeah, and the anger. She's so yeah. angry. Ugh. That's my yeah. I mean, we're all so angry right now. So I really feel like I like watch that and I feel so like validated. Yeah. So talk about because it is true there there's no there's no real help for any mom, any mom, any parent. Um, you you either have to come out of pocket or you have to have a 
a large family or support system to help you. Um, right now, we're that was part of the reason why we moved to California was because we'd have more of a support system. We did not have that in New York, um, mm -hmm. and it was really hard. And I, um, I work, at, you know, in day, uh, my day job is in journalism, and I, uh, I was working like a lot of crazy hours, and then my husband um, was working crazy hours and um, commuting from the Bronx to Brooklyn. It was it was madness. So it was just like we we had to leave, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, not a lot of people have that option and then they have they're just kind of um, you know stuck in in a in like a mire or something like trying to you know just just survive keep their head above water so mm -hmm. like how do you negotiate space because like you have two young children um, you're also helping other uh, families who are our new parents there are overnight schedules um, the overnight shifts that you're doing how do you how do you make it work? And I, I know that a lot of um, that's sort of like an annoying question that like celebrities are asked, like Kate Hudson, <laughs> like, how do you make it work? Like, because she's, you know, this you have this She's huge like my empire. My, my 17 nannies. Yeah, like, yeah, her, her 80 nannies, um, her three her three kids of different ages. Um, how does she make it when she's a tight, tight body, tight Pilates yeah. body? Um, how do you make it all work? How do you make it work, Corinne? <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, part of choosing to go into postpartum work uh -huh. um, had to do with having more control over my schedule. Um, you know, I loved working as a reporter and writer, but I was very at the mercy of, you know, the news cycle and deadlines. And there were a lot of times where I was like trying to file stories while picking up from camp or, you know, try bringing my kids to screenings and leaving them with the publicists. Like, oh, in wow. The, yes. <laughs> in, in the, the like, snack room. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, that was really a juggle. Um, this is now something that I really like can set on my own time like I go during date I mean I'm lucky my kids are older now I couldn't have done this when they were you know infants but yeah. they're in full-time full-day school both of them my daughter's yeah. going into pre-k my son's going into second grade which wow. is nuts wow, wow, wow. um <laughs> and um so you know I do my daytime shifts when they're in school mm -hmm. and overnights you know I leave after I put them to sleep I usually leave about 9 30 they go down about 8 30 yeah. Um, and I'm home at 6.30 when they're just starting to wake up. So, you know, my husband is, is very supportive of, you know, being the one that deals with someone in the middle of the night if they have a cough or a nightmare or something. Yeah. Um, but it's it ends up not being such a crazy juggle because it, it was, it's sort of built around my family's, you know, natural, like, rhythms and schedules. Yeah. But then what's And it's that very easy to tell moms, like... I have to reschedule something, my kid is sick, or there is school closed for COVID. You know, like, mm -hmm. this is the kind of work where people are like, okay, like, they get it. Like, you're not working for, like, I don't know, Jeff Bezos or something, who's like, have your baby in the factory line. Like, we get yes. I, mean, I don't know if Jeff Bezos is like that, That's but I just sort of break. imagine he would be. Yeah, yeah totally. Like, yeah, it's like so Metropolis it's or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're, it's, we're the proletariat. So it's like, uh -huh. I think that, you know, the way I've made it work is by being like, I'm primarily my kid's parent. 
And then, you know, sort of part-time, um, I do this work that fits really well into my schedule and my life and I really enjoy it. Yeah. But you're coming home at like 6.30 in the morning and that's, yeah. that's when all the, the kids are up, they're talking, they yeah. have so much to tell you. Um, at least that's how my son is. As soon as he's up, he's talking. And yeah, and you know, you're, you're on the go breakfast and yeah. getting ready for school but you're yeah. exhausted you had been working all night so what happens when you come yeah. through the door I mean it's a little loopy on the days I nights you know I try not to do like a ton of overnights in a row so the most I'll do in a week is four mm-hmm. um so sometimes I'll do two and then two days off and then two again um which kind of works nicely um but I, you know, I, it's not so bad. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just a part, maybe all those nights of partying and covering <laughs> late night bungalow eight situations yeah, like, at yeah. page six made me used to a, a late a overnight work shift. But, um, uh-huh. but yeah, I mean, I come home, I get them ready for school. Like we talk, um, they usually ask me like how the baby was, like they want to know everything about the babies, like what. Did they have a huge poop? Like, that's what they always want to know. (laughs) And then my husband will usually take them to school on nights where I did, you know, overnight shifts. He's usually the drop-off person anyway, and I'm usually the pickup person. Yeah. So then I'll, um, and then I'll just go to sleep until, like, 2 in the afternoon. So I usually get about 5 hours, which is, like, a nice amount. I put my, like, noise-canceling headphones in, my eye eye mask on and conk out for an afternoon yeah and then I, I get ready to pick them up and then I won't do an overnight into a daytime shift like that's just not safe for anyone yeah. um so you know it works out and and it ends up being okay I try to take uh like weeks or months off here and there in between clients too to kind of like reset yeah um I feel like I went from like September to January, like back to back to back clients. Wow. Uh, this past. That's a long winter. time. And then by February, I was like, I was like loopy. I needed, <laughs> I needed like a reset of like normal sleep. So, um, and then I had like a bunch of daytime, which is, which was good. And now I think, you know, I'm, I'm off until September again, pretty much. Oh, you're, you're taking, you're taking the, the summer off. Yeah, I actually, That's I have good. a client in July that just wants daytime, so I end up taking that. But I sort of, like, don't actively, like, I'll say yes to people if, if it seems, like, doable. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't usually, like, look for summer clients. I mean, I'll take them. I'm taking one. Yeah. But, yeah, my I don't really, I'm, like, ramped up again for, for fall. Wow, wow. What about writing? So are you, <clears throat> are you journaling are you um like how are you because you know it's still i'm sure it's still something within you um Mm -hmm. and then you have a lot of stories to tell i'm sure so how is that um factoring into your new life um yeah it's like it's such a tender question for me because i i feel so connected to the process of writing in a lot of ways and part of this journey, like I went to certify to become a postpartum doula with the intention of having it influence like my 
my reporting. Like Mm -hmm. I intended for it to be something that helped me frame, you know, my journalism and my writing. And it turned out I really loved doing it. Yeah. And I didn't want to pitch stories anymore (laughs) or sit and write on deadline. I wanted to like go and be with new moms and their babies um, more than I wanted to write. So now I'm sort of like for the past few months been kind of trying to reconnect um, to writing and try Mm -hmm. to figure out what it looks like um, if I'm just writing, like you said, like journaling or just writing um, essays or prose without like pitching them first, which is not something I've done much of. I usually am the writer who like has an idea, pitches it, and then if somebody likes it, they're like, okay, now go write it. so it's 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 interesting. I took a class with Amanda Monty, who I love, and mm-hmm. I love her advocacy around um, motherhood and reproductive justice. And um, she did this course online, this four week course called "Writing as the Mother." Oh wow! Um, writing it was like and writing and slash as the mother. Is it and, through like Sackage Street or, or what what school yeah, is it? Yeah, it was through um it was through Corporeal. Okay. Which I had not heard of, but she posted on Instagram and that she was teaching a writing course and I was like, Oh, I'm like obsessed with this one. I love all her essays, I love all her writing and reporting. So I was like, I'm signing up for this course and it was such a really interesting um, you know, assignments of essays to read and like materials to review and then some some prompts to write, you know, a thousand words or 1200 words um, about motherhood. And I, I found it really um, sort of like unlocked another part of me yeah. um, and made me less like, I guess I just feel so, I don't know, it feels so raw and personal sometimes to write about your own experience with these things. Yeah. What's something that you discovered? I feel like for me, um, in trying to be creative and then trying to work and then trying to be a mom, I just, I feel like it's time that makes me anxious that like, oh, I need to do this, that, and the other thing in order to be able to do that, this, and whatever. So what, what's something that it's unlocked, unlocked for you, you know, taking, taking this class and, and trying to rediscover writing? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I'm, I, I know this about myself and it's, it's like, I'm learning how like deep it really goes. Like I come from like the Midwest from like two, like very, you know, working, hardworking, working class parents, Mm -hmm. um, like working was something I started when I was 10, you know, I've been doing it, um, for so long. I was like a mother's helper. It's like full circle. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but I, I have a really hard time, like putting any of my energy or efforts towards something that's not like highly productive, I -hmm. feel like. So if I'm not working and making money, then I should be like organizing the house or, you know, planning out fall clothes for the kids or, exercising or like doing something very useful and proletariat with this time. Metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> you have like to be very useful. ingrained in me. Yes. Yeah. 
that's the joke with me and Thomas the Tank Engine. I like need to be a very useful engine. Wow, um, that's the yeah. most depressing cartoon. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's all about wanting to be useful, and when they don't feel useful, they feel like shit. Like these little trains, they feel yeah. they, they really beat themselves up. Yeah, and Thomas Sir and Tom- I, Sir Topham Hat, like is just living <laughs> his life. He's not. A, he's totally oblivious to their pain. Yeah, I mean, and he's not abusive to them or anything. He's very, he's very kind to them. But yeah, he the the engines, the engines, especially Thomas, put a lot of pressure on themselves. Yeah. So so I think you know I'm learning, and one of the things that I did unlock, um, through this class, and we did talk a lot about time, and rest, and 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 self. You know what mm-hmm. it means to do things for yourself. Yeah. Um, and how that can be like a radical act to like take space and take time that's not um, quote unquote like productive. So I'm 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 working on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my natural state. Right. Um, I have, you know, I think that in one sense I do have the privilege and the luxury to take a little bit of time mm-hmm. to to write, um, and so. It's just about giving myself permission to to do that and not feel like guilty or shitty about it, I guess. So what I wanted to go back to your your days working in gossip. So I went this is way back in the day. So you worked with um, like Paula Froelich and Richard Mm -hmm. Johnson. Um, Those were the um, they were they were huge in like New York media in the gossip world. Uh, I remember Paula wrote a book called I want to say it was called Making It or or It. It was like it was it was it was, it was something like having to do with like having it factor. And she had like a big splashy party. And I remember going with my friend um, because she she was like the like the it queen of of gossip. And so you were working around that time. What was that like? What was the um, this was like the you know early two thousands. Uh, you know, page six, that was that was the sort of premiere um, gossip. Um, this is way before, you know, all of these, you know, dermoir or anything has has, uh, you know, now taken over for gossip. What was that like? You you alluded to like bu- uh, Bungalow 8, like, you know, being, you know, being in the scene, you know, being the sort of eyes and ears on the ground. So what was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was a really fun time to like be on the New York scene as you said um Paula was great I mean we're still friends we still talk all the time um and she left New York too I think yeah. she's in uh, back in Chicago or something she's in Chicago yeah, yeah my hometown uh-huh. um so I'm like I'm like I gotta come see you um Richard was great too. I mean, I had, it was, I was like very young. I was 23 when I started working there. I didn't really know much about jobs or bosses. I had had like internships and things like that, but Mm -hmm. it was my first like big girl job. um, Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I had to learn, I had a lot to learn very quickly. Um, It was a time that was, you know, there was Gawker and, Media Bistro and Radar Online and the Daily News and there was it just seemed like there was a million gossip reporters all in the same room all the time like 
not talking because they didn't want to be <laughs> in each other's columns the next day. Right. Um, and it was sort of pre-Twitter. I mean, it was pre-Instagram. like um, Instagram. And so um, you you really would get like a scoop if you were out somewhere. It wasn't like someone would film it and put it on Twitter before you could write about it the next day. Yeah. Um, there were blogs and there was internet, but oftentimes was still early enough that, you know, we could get stories first. We could oh, hold yeah. them and yeah, we would break news and that was the big part of it. And then I think once, mm-hmm. um, like the, the economy like crashed, you know, 08, 09 and the parties changed and the celebrities didn't want to be seen out like reveling as much. And then like social media really took over and like I just remember like people just start, stopped leaving their house like everybody was at Leonardo DiCaprio's house in Hollywood Hills like every night and we certainly weren't invited there yeah, so no. we weren't going to be getting the stories that we would you know out and about at night you know I mean I covered like when Britney Spears like sh- shaved her head and then came to New York like I got the call to go and find her like when Lindsay Lohan like got out of rehab and came to New York like I would get told like go follow her like follow her everywhere and so it it kind of we like kind of became like not friends but we she knew me because I've been like basically stalking her for yeah, two years because like you're walking <laughs> slowly behind her yeah. with sunglasses it's like hey. yeah hi hey <laughs> Um, so talk about that. Um, Lindsay, I, met I mean, it just once. got to a point where she would just start texting me. Yeah. And she would just text me, <laughs> this is what I want you to put, you know, in the paper or whatever. And then, um, you know, we didn't always do it exactly what she wanted, but it got to a point where it was just like ridiculous to even keep going through publicists. Um, I would just say, hey, I heard this, that, or the other. Do you have a response? And... Yeah. It was interesting. It was it was a really crazy kind of time. And then and then, you know, I think like I said, the internet started kind of owning a lot of it and celebrities stopped going out. And so it kind of got a little harder to to cover the super fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still broke a lot of news. I broke like a story about Sarah Palin using her campaign funds to fund her Versace wardrobe. OMG. Um, which was not, you know, kosher. Um, we wrote a lot about Ivanka Trump back yes. then. Yes. Um, the most um, page six moment recently, this is um, uh, after the uh, Supreme Court overturned Roe, was um, Laura Santo Domingo, Lauren Santo Domingo tweeted. Yeah. Um, she tweeted something. This is very page six, but it was just like, um, Ivanka, you're very quiet today. Those who took you to get an abortion in high school are not. Something like that. It was like, it was so spicy, so, so juicy. That was totally of that time period. Because these were, these were the people that were featured a lot. Ivanka. Yeah. Um, Lauren. Um, yeah. Lindsay Lohan. Um, yeah, there was yeah. that whole like socialite 
crowd, like in addition to the celebrity crowd and the political. Tinsley I mean, that was Mortimer. Kind of Tinsley, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, the fun thing about page six at the time, well, I mean, a couple of things. Like, first of all, Paula is hilarious. Yeah. And the way she would write or edit, you know, stories, like, it would just be so funny. You know, we would just be like, cracking up like all the yeah. time she could she could really like add or make up a word or make up something um and like Richard was really good at like drawing things out or making stories have legs so mm-hmm. we'd write like maybe you know make make an interesting story last like over two or three days so that the reader had like a saga to like follow yeah um, especially with I'm, Brittany and with Lindsay like they were yeah they were making oh so many stories. Yeah. So never ending news cycle with those uh-huh. two. Um, but even like the little New York stuff, you know, um, like, you know, fights between real estate developers and, you know, I, I don't know, all, all kinds of, you know, we call them bold faced names, just like yeah. it, it, people who had influence and power in the city. Um, were were fair game and I think you know gossip gets a bad rap sometimes deservedly um you know stalking Lindsay Lohan is definitely not the highlight of my life I don't feel like it was like my personal uh best uh in terms of morality but but at the same time I feel like we held a lot of um a lot of influential people we held them accountable for stuff and that that's important I think yeah, uh, I, I remember um, interviewing with Life and Style magazine, and that was all the way out, like, where I grew up in, in Englewood. It was in Englewood Cliffs. I worked, I worked out there, too. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. The the commute, because I, I was already living in Brooklyn at the time. The commute was crazy, because it, it's just like going home again. I, I, I didn't want to work there. But, like, um, in my interview, they were like, are you willing to go to Christina Aguilera's dad's house in Staten Island and knock on his door and ask him questions, something like that. And I forgot what I answered, but I mean, no, <laughs> like I don't, I don't <laughs> want to do that, but you, you would do that for a I story. Think, you know, I think, I, I think I never quite was that intrepid to be honest. Yeah. I, I kind of skipped over that phase of reporting and just went straight into news editing from yeah. being a reporter at page six. So yeah. luckily or unluckily, I, I didn't, I wasn't really ever a door knocker, but I did send reporters to go do things like that. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I have mixed feelings <laughs> about it, but, but I would pick up the phone and make calls. And I also think that, um, you know, giving giving people um, a chance to like respond or reply to a story mm-hmm. is is really important. So I I would always make sure you know to to get whoever I needed on the phone in order to give them a chance to like yeah. say their side of things. I would never run something without giving someone a chance to to respond to it. Right. So this is this is a amazing. shred of integrity. <laughs> Yeah, which is which is lacking these days, uh, like in the you know the TMZ world. And I'm gonna let you go, but like, what what's something that is making you happy these days? Hmm. I don't know. 
know. I mean, I think it's just, it's been really nice to have summer here and my kids in camp and, you know, just like a more relaxed schedule. Like the mm-hmm. hustle of school is a lot for all of us, yeah, you know, like getting sure. them there every day and they're so tired, you know, <laughs> like it's just kind of nice to see them having a little break and being, you know, in the summer vibe, like picking them up Friday, going to the splash pad, hanging out, seeing friends. Nice at Prospect um, Park. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I so, love yeah, that. Summer, summer's been making me happy, um, minus, you know, any aspect of the news cycle. Right. If you were Lindsay Lohan's, because uh, Lindsay Lohan just got engaged, if you ended <laughs> up being her postpartum doula, what would be your <laughs> advice to her? Knowing knowing her and knowing, knowing her way back then. I would say to her the same thing I say to every client that I have, which is like, you can do this. You're uh-huh. the mom. You know. You know what to do. Yes. Okay, this is great. Thank you so much. How can people find you? Oh, um, yeah, you can find me. My website is lovedbaby.org. Or you can find me on Instagram at lovedbaby. Thank you so much, Corinne. Okay, so we'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. Bye.